0: For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. But their time is up. And it's here with every woman who chooses to say, me too. And every man, every man who chooses to listen.
1: Time is up. What does it mean to have choice? What does it mean to live in one's power despite all the barriers that seem to prevent choice? What does it mean to be an ally that advocates for choice? Come get to know the Ottawa Birth and Wellness Center's staff, midwives, their clients, and their supporters, and how a midwife-led feminist approach puts women and gender-diverse people at the heart of their work, in a world where women's work is often judged and undervalued. The next five episode explores, what is pro-choice? How does choice of birthplace impact one's transition into parenthood? How does government support access to choice? How does having choice impact pregnancy and infant loss? How does this build community? What does all this mean for families? These are birth conversations that matter. These are the birth talks. Are you ready?
2: Hi, I'm Elise Bannon, I'm the Executive Director here at the Ottawa Birth and Wellness
1: Centre. So tell me, how would you describe the Ottawa Birth and Wellness Centre? to the community.
2: It really is the physical embodiment of choice, uh, and we aspire to be a choice that people um, go to so that they can feel safe, they can feel empowered uh, in their experience. And to me, that's the most important thing as we grow and as we continue to build the Ottawa Birth and, center. Mm. and the Center. And the Birth and Melon Center was established five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first birth occurred here on February eighth of twenty fourteen, and it was started as a pilot project uh, from the government of Ontario. Mm. Uh-huh, and the birth services that are provided have remained fully funded mm-hmm. uh, by the government of Ontario. So. When you come to the Ottawa Birth and Wellness Centre with a midwife, uh, all the services from the midwife and the birth centre are completely free.
1: What was the vision when it was established? How did it get going? Uh,
2: There's always been, for the past 20 years, a consumer drive uh, for different options in terms of where you give birth. Mm. Uh, So, all midwives offer the choice of birthplace across Ontario of either home or hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what's unique about a birth center is it's a home-like environment, but not in your home. Mm -hmm. So, there's various reasons somebody might not choose to have a home birth. It might be that they don't feel their home is equipped. They might feel Mm -hmm. like it's too small. They might have other children who they don't want present at the birth and they want to be able to stay sleeping in their bed. Mm. It might be that um, they don't they want to have a water birth and they don't have a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's many reasons why somebody might not choose a home birth. Mm-hmm. And then there's many reasons people don't want to have a hospital birth as well. Mm. And so what the Ottawa Birth and Wellness Center is, is a safe, secure, and warm, welcoming environment mm-hmm. Uh, That's home-like when people come here. They're able to experience their birth. They're able to make the space their own Mm. Uh, But in the end, they're able to then leave and go back to their own home Uh, and um, They know that they've had a safe environment to give birth in Mm. here. So 20 years ago, there was that consumer push Uh, and then the Association of Ontario Midwives took on uh, the work of advocating for birth centers Mm -hmm. so the first um, working group to establish birth centers uh, happened in 2010 uh, and the advocacy continued for about two years Mm -hmm. and by 2012 the ministry was actually calling for proposals Mm. so it's a pretty quick turnaround and a very effective turnaround to go from an idea or a push in 2010 to opening your doors in 2014.
0: Also, my name is Teresa Pandrovska and I've been a midwife... Uh Well, about 35 years ago, um, I had, actually before that, I I had my own children, well, my daughter's going to be 40 this year, which blows me away, (laughs) but when I got pregnant with her, I started finding out a lot of, um, a lot about how birth was being treated, which was very Mm. different. One thing my mom and my culture did give me is the sense that our bodies work, that giving birth is a wonderful experience and it's normal and people can do it and they do it all the time yeah. and breastfeeding is just a natural extension of that. so I never even questioned how I would feed my baby and when uh, I was in England when I was first pregnant and the midwife said so how will you feed your baby and I didn't understand what she meant mm-hmm. and I'm like "Uh, what do you mean and I thought she was talking about solids so I'm, oh, right, I'm yeah. like well I I had no idea I was you know 10 weeks pregnant <laughs> but what she meant is do you plan to breastfeed and I never even it never oh even entered my head that I wouldn't so, because, because you grew up with yeah. that surrounding you because yeah. I grew up with my mom breastfeeding my brothers it and that was it. the way you fed a baby mm-hmm. so I had that intrinsically inside me and so and also that again birth is normal and beautiful and it was a wonderful experience for her so I just figured it, it's a wonderful experience for for everybody. Mm. And then when I saw how birth was being um, medicalized, and in those days, too, in the late 70s, there were a lot of practices that we don't, thankfully, do anymore. Um, Like, people couldn't, in many places, people couldn't have any support people with Mm. them. Um, You had to labor in a labor ward in the hospital with other people. Oh, my gosh. And then you were moved, when you were ready to push, you were moved to the OR, on a delivery table, tied hand and foot. Plus they had like mandatory IVs, mandatory shave, mandatory. And all this stuff that when I was looking at it, I thought, what? That's not the picture my mom gave me. But what she ended up telling me is she refused all that stuff. So, But I didn't know that. So I started reading, and in reading spiritual midwifery <laughs> yeah. and immaculate deception those are the two and then Grantly dick reads um a birth without fear mm-hmm. so that was written in the 50s and the others were written in the late 60s early 70s and it really talked about a physiological birth mm-hmm. and so it reinforced all those things i believed so that i ended up I didn't know there were midwives at the time, and I thought my only option was to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, But I was one of those people that just basically said, you know, no, 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 mm-hmm. and I was left alone, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I had a very long, hard-working labor, but... I was feel I felt so great after cuz I basically did it by myself. Wow. And I felt that. I did it. I did it. So then I couldn't stop talking about it to anybody who would listen. Like everywhere I went, to every party time, it was always like birth 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 birth. <laughs> before long I started, some of my friends who were having babies wanted to have me there and so I started helping other people and the first baby that I caught because nobody else showed up was the most amazing experience and I thought right away it was like a bolt of lightning hit me like, oh, this is what I need to do, this is what I'm going to do, so then it took about seven years of Trying to find a way to get the knowledge and skills I needed to be a midwife. I didn't want to be a doctor that I knew. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did nursing. So I was a nurse and then I was a maternity nurse, but it was very difficult because there were a lot of practices that I didn't agree with and I was just a nurse and I couldn't change Mm -hmm. them. But in the meantime, we were there was a small core group of, of people here in Ottawa mm. and also elsewhere in mm. North America. There was this changing childbirth movement. Mm. This is in the late 70s, mm. so 77, 78, 79. There was um, a whole movement coming out of the women's movement, coming out of reproductive rights, coming out of, uh, you might know about Our Bodies, Ourselves, that mm. uh, amazing piece of work from the Boston Women's Collective then there was on the back to the Landers as Ina May Mm -hmm. and the farm and all this movement of changing childbirth and people started um, really um, advocating for changes in obstetrical practice and so we there was a group of people that I met through a happy series of coincidences and I Joined this group in Ottawa. We called ourselves um, just well. We were the Ontario Association of Midwives and the Ottawa Midwifery Consumers Group. So but we were so some of us were consumers who were trying to affect change and some of us were wanting to become midwives and Mm -hmm. some of us were midwives from other countries Mm -hmm. and so bobby Soderstrom was in that group jan teven diane park and betty ann davis Mm -hmm. who were all midwives here betty ann's the only one who's not retired yet um but we all got together and we would we formed a study group we would attend hospital rounds we we got the information we needed somehow and there were a group of physicians who would support us in attending out of hospital births Mm. and so that was great so they were teaching us as well and bobby is um, bobby also became a nurse as part of her uh, journey so um and then it took 15 years from the time i started working it was longer but 15 years of hard work and lobbying and letter-writing and marches and the whole bit Mm -hmm. to get midwifery recognized in Ontario. So that was 93, 94 was the beginning and I was able to be grannied in. So what happened is the ministry set a task force. That examined how do we, we're gonna have licensed midwives, now how are we gonna do it? Mm. So they went to all different communities and they had focus groups and they gathered a lot of information from nurses, hospitals, doctors, midwives who were practicing at that point mm. illegally. It was mm. never illegal, but mm. it was illegal. Anyhow, so we got the, the midwifery profession was formed like mm. through that.
1: I mean, I think one of the things when I come through the doors, every time every time I come to the Birth and Wellness Center is I feel a lot of community mm-hmm. and there's always so much happening. Yes. So there's, you know, over in the corner, there's a meeting of midwives happening. Then you have clients sitting around with their babies and then you've got the breastfeeding and parenting clinic going on or sometimes you have other yoga classes for example prenatal classes so I feel a sense of community when I come in here Mm -hmm. and that's something that I've experienced in terms of centers that support um, families.
2: Yeah I think that that's definitely what we strive to be is a place for the community. Mm -hmm. Everyone's heard the saying it takes a village Mm -hmm. but oftentimes when you start your family it can be a very isolating and lonely time because it's you and your baby um, and maybe your partner is lucky enough to get time off mm. maybe um, but it can be a very lonely place so uh, it's a great place the birth and wellness center to be able to come and meet other parents who are going through the same thing access mm. services for people who are uh, going through the same period of their life mm. and people make lifelong friendships here which is lovely to hear so um, You know sometimes it might feel like we've lost that village Mm -hmm. and we're here to hopefully make people feel like it still exists and we're here to help. Mm -hmm. And it's run mostly by midwives or? So the birth center is what we would call Mm midwife-led and what that means is that our board is a majority of midwives Mm -hmm. Um, and so in terms of who's making strategic decisions Mm -hmm. It's mostly midwives we do have some community members to ensure that we're inclusive Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the birth services that are offered are all through midwives Mm -hmm. Um, but the services offered on the wellness side are from a variety of practitioners so we have Ottawa Public Health here Uh, we have um, uh, pelvic floor physio here we Mm -hmm. have yoga classes so those are different services that have come together to offer Uh, their services here at the birth center Um, Having a space where you're empowered to Work to your full potential. You're also empowered to make mistakes and learn from them. Mm. Uh, I think it creates a very uh, powerful empowering um, Environment for people who work here Mm. and I think that people who experiences experience the services feel that from the staff Mm. I think every single person who works here is committed to the cause. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everybody who works here comes uh, with so much experience. Um, And so it's wonderful that we're able to provide that from our staff. But from a client perspective, it's a place that they're able to make their own. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you go into a place like a hospital, and, I mean, I've certainly accessed the hospital when I'm sick, so I love hospitals, mm-hmm. but they come with a lot of rules, and there are, you know, good reasons for those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is nice about being able to offer this setting is that there aren't a lot of rules. It's mm-hmm. when you come into the space and you come into a birth room, you're able to make that feel as homelike as possible. Mm-hmm. So you're able to bring your own music you're able to pray if that's something that you do Mm. you're able to bring in your own food if that's what you would like to do Mm. Um, we also provide some food and we provide a range of foods so we have vegan we have vegetarian we Mm. have halal we have gluten-free so it's it's trying to support people and their choices Mm. and when you do that that's really empowering for families. This is another way for me to continue the work
0: of, you know, helping people understand that birth is, is normal oh. to help be, it be a oh, satisfied, positive experience, yes. no matter what it is like, whether it's a difficult, whether there are medical issues or not. That someone should feel that they were, they made their own choices. They were supported. They were empowered. They were nobody's railroading them. Nobody's doing anything that they don't understand.
2: That kind of sense. I really
0: wanted to do that to help people have satisfying experiences, positive experiences.
2: When you make your own choices and you're supported in those choices, um, it's almost like validating, and that can be a very empowering thing.
1: So, you, And you were trained as a midwife. I was, yes. <laughs> what makes it very specific to um, midwives and, and the, mm-hmm. the tenets of midwifery?
2: So one of the three central tenets of midwifery is informed choice. Um, and most people who've experienced healthcare are used to informed consent. Mm-hmm. So informed consent is, you know, you have a heart issue, this is what... Is recommended that we do. Mm. Do you consent to having that done? So that's informed consent. The person is still involved, Mm. um, but the power dynamic is one where somebody with the power is telling you this is the recommendation Mm. and you're consenting to that. Mm. Informed choice is where people really feel like you need all the information to make an autonomous choice over your own body. Here are the recommendations. And here are the different organizations. So they wouldn't just say one. Mm. They would say, here are two or three different organizations who have these recommendations. Mm. Here's the community standard. So here's what most people in your community do or don't do. And Mm. here are the other options. Mm. And then they would talk about the risks and benefits of all of those. And in the end, they would say, so knowing all this information, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: what do you choose? Mm. And the person would then choose... (laughs) Um, or take some time to do their own research. And once they've made a decision, they would be supported, no
1: matter what that decision was. Mm. Yeah, well, I was just speaking with uh Teresa, who mm-hmm. is currently the lead midwife. Yes. Um, but that's what struck me. I really enjoyed I wasn't just talking about birth with her, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that's that's really nice about the 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 birth wellness center here is that it's not just birth, but I was talking to her about parenting and, like, Mm -hmm. how hard it is to be a parent and, you know, all the guilt that can come with that and, you know, it was, but it was really refreshing to sit down and talk with her, not just about birth or even, you know, my former pregnancy, but about kind of that Mm -hmm. holistic view about what comes with, um, like, having a baby and Mm -hmm. that's something I think that's really unique about this place. Um, It goes more than just that one kind of path of, you know, pregnancy and birth there's actually so much other support as you transition into being a parent or even with me it's my third baby mm-hmm. um, but i feel that support for parents too
0: what it is it's it's funny it is part of that i don't know if it's cultural or if it's just uh... i feel
1: like it's in a lot of like it it could be cultural but also like most cultures that i've like encountered have an element of that mm. like it's like tell, telling... Yeah. You like to tell... Like, my dad is parents. Indo-Fijian. Like, right. like my Indian aunties are the same. Oh. <laughs> and, like, my husband's, like, sisters and and aunties, like, they're the same, too. And they're, like, Congolese, East African. Mm. So I feel like there's, like, an element of that in maybe every culture. Yeah, And you think, mm. like, oh, it's those Indian aunties, but, like, actually... <laughs> just aunties everywhere Boston, Polish
0: women <laughs> i just i often will say to people just smile and nod smile mm. and nod and just let it slide off you <laughs> Because there's no you know there's not one way to do it mm. and go with what you what feels the best for mm. you and that's always the best and you know your child better than anyone else mm. and you have your way of doing it and if you feel good about it, that's basically what counts. Mm.
2: But. I think everyone, every parent can identify with the fact that when you make choices, mm-hmm. You don't always know what it's going to turn out like and there's a lot of fear involved in that. Mm-hmm. And again to go back to the village, it takes a village for a reason. You want to be able to l- rely on your peers. You want to be able to rely on your healthcare mm-hmm. providers or your services to give you the most amount of information to the best to do the best job you can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the power of community mm-hmm. is really rebuilding that uh that village because um, that's how we. That's how we bring up our community. Yeah. And
1: and I, I love that the center as well. You meet people who are who have had babies or not had babies, or like there's a. It's a di- really diverse group of people with different experiences that all believe in this tent of empowering um the client coming through the center mm-hmm. so it's about giving them that informed choice and um the ability to feel good mm-hmm. in their own skin and like i think that's the thing too like there's um i get inspired i think by the fact that it's not just parents or you know um, if you've experienced pregnancy or anything like that it's like there's it's a belief in that people really matter definitely Um, through a life-changing transition
2: feminist organization or to be feminist Mm -hmm. uh, often means you're Mm pro-choice and I would say that we are pro-choice and pro-choice doesn't mean to have the baby or not Mm -hmm. although that is a big part of the discussion Mm -hmm. but for the people who do choose to have the baby there are many 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 choices that will come Mm -hmm. whether it's who your care provider is. Are you gonna choose an OB or a midwife or uh, a family doctor? Are you going to choose to give birth at home, at hospital, at a birth center? Are you going to choose to have your partner or family member cut the umbilical cord? Are you going to choose to then send your child to daycare? Who's gonna stay at home? The choices in parenting are continuous Mm -hmm. and A lot of people feel um, pressure to parent a certain way, or if they're not parenting a certain way, that that's not good enough. And sometimes it takes an organization to give you the information and support your decision because there's enough people out there and enough Instagram accounts or whatever it may be (laughs) that will tell you that you're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need somewhere that tell you you're doing it right right or support you in how to best do it right for you
1: And I I like what you said about um, being an organization that it's okay to make mistakes Mm -hmm. because that's like there's no parent or person out there that doesn't make a mistake but to have an organization or other individuals back that it's okay to make mistakes that's a huge thing in our Mm -hmm. society i think
2: we're all going to make mistakes and your kids will tell you you're going to make plenty of mistakes that is definitely going to happen yeah i think that our organization really tries to hold people in a time where everybody feels vulnerable Mm. Um, and i think we hope our hope for the future is that we can better access people who don't know about us better access people who would benefit uh, from the services that we provide here and midwifery services Mm -hmm. um, and that we're able to support them and be their village as much as possible.